Selamat Hari Raya! Did you get to eat rendang today? Or this week? Did you get to meet long-lost family friends? Did you get to spend time with your loved ones? Did you get to enjoy a long weekend if you didn't do any of those things? I hope you did and I hope it was fine. Um, This episode is a little bit late than the past few ones. I've been hitting, yo. I've been doing it every week for... For I think only a month, but <laughs> I'm proud of it. I talk more about that, how I got there, or rather how I feel about it in the Patreon version of, of this, of course, as usual. You know, check out the video version of this podcast uh, and extended content uh, over at patreon.com slash pinballmonkeys. You know that already. Uh, this episode, I talk a lot about Nintendo and the movie that is almost going to cross a billion, I think, sales before they even it even got to Japan. Um, and really it's just two things Two things? Maybe three things Two things about movies and one about mukbangs That I want to talk about uh, last episode So yeah If you like those three things And me taking quite a long time to make a point uh, Then this is, this is you This episode is for you uh, Okay Alright Enjoy the episode! <laughs> Four. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mental Pacha Podcast with me, your boy Muzaki Zainal. Selamat Hari Raya! It's the first week of Raya! If you want to listen to a more Raya-centric episode of this podcast, you should check out... Um, I forgot what it's called, the episode... Uh, but it is the one with Abelate, A-B-E-L-A-T-T-E. Uh, check that out. It's a more Raya-centric episode where we talk about Raya things. And it's fully in Malay though. So if your Malay is not very good, no need. But it is a good one. I like that episode. It's more Raya. This episode is not really about Raya. I have a particular agenda with this one. A couple of things I want to talk about. Um... One is that mukbang thing I mentioned in the last episode. I wanted to mention the mukbangi mukbang th- mukbang thoughts. I think I'm sorry. I'm starting to understand. Okay, F- food content is popular because it is. It is. I think it is an arm of we humans wanting to. We like good. Ex- we like fancy experiences, right? Experiences we can't afford. And, you know, people go out to test drive a car they can't buy or, like, they want to live in a hotel that is way too fancy for once. I think a vacation is the, the, a taste of of living a life that you can't properly afford, you know? So, okay, I'm going to pin that. Pin that thought and get back to it. But it is this idea that um, things that we don't have, we covet or, like, we... We want to test it out or try it out, and that's why shows like um, uh, MTV Cribs. I'm very I'm dating myself here. Where where musicians and celebrities show off their house, or like lifestyles of the rich and famous. Uh, there's a bunch of these style style of like lifestyle uh, things on 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 the streaming services where you can watch other people show off their fancy houses and stuff, and. I think food content is the same. It's just food. You're not there. You're not eating that food right now. You're doing work or whatever. You're trying to procrastinate from your writing a very important project where you're like, eh, let's watch somebody eat everything at the 7-Eleven. Um, 
Because sometimes that's what you want to do, but you can't do it, right? So this is somebody experiencing something, and you want to vicariously experience that. So you watch a video of them eating. But there's this other element, right? Uh, uh, because you can do that with any other thing, like like watching somebody else drive a car or review a car, uh, watching somebody uh, be in a fancy house, watching somebody eat food. Um, also porn is some, sometimes people enjoy porn like that man I'll never gonna be able to do that kind of weird ass move you know when uh, I, I mean to a pizza delivery person so you watch somebody else live your dreams and that's your entertainment and but I think there's something else that happens with mukbang to me because I was I, I hit this in my head this 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 thought came up where this other thing that happens when somebody eats food in front of you and the cameras are directly in front, it is this thing that happens where the layer of, of, of experience is also this part, which is you are also, there is a simulation of intimacy because watching somebody eat, Specifically, watching somebody eat, not somebody showing off different foods or reviewing places. Because that's what mukbang is. Mukbang, you have to watch the person eat, right? Because food reviews, you don't have to. They can just eat off camera and then tell you what it's, what it's like. Uh, but mukbang specifically, you watch somebody eat. And, the, and there is a layer of intimacy there that is more visceral than any other forms of like vicarious experience of viewership. Like... Because what other instances uh, are there when you watch somebody eat that close? You are either on a date or you have been invited somewhere uh, where you're eating or you are at a restaurant with your friends. It is a place where, where there is quite a lot of expectation of, I think, an expectation of uh, being open, cordial, polite, but also intimate. Here's how intimate, like, watching somebody eat is. If you are... (laughs) If if a stranger eats too close to you, that's disgusting. That's like, come on, dude, don't do that. That, Don't, please. This is way too much. It's vulgar. Vulgarity is just intimacy that was not consenting. You know, like if somebody is just having sex in front of you and you didn't ask for that and too close, like, oh, dude, over there, please. But it's super intimate if you're just watching them and everybody is consenting. Similarly with food, that's th- you are inviting somebody to look, potentially look down one of your body holes. One of the most grossest body holes, by the way, it has spit and stuff and a squishy, wiggly tongue in there. That's disgusting. But we like it. I say we as in, you know, people do. Like, millions of people. Somebody, people who are just, they're just, that's their job to just eat in front of a camera. Hi, guys, today is the mukbang time and then they just eat food and that's it. Like, they make money from the, the, the uh, you know, viewer support. And that's their career. I have a tapeworm. Is, is, there, is, that, is there, like, unique selling point as a person? <laughs> Uh, I say this uh, not with with derision because I watch mukbangs too, 
And the way I like it is not because I like to watch somebody eat. I don't have a vor fetish, but I I watch someone uh, enjoy something I I want to. I can't afford to because there's it's a different place or like uh, uh, they they are trying out something I would never have tried. They're they're inventing a new food and they're eating it. That's the kind of mukbang I watch. Um, and also like I try to corroborate a review. You know, somebody eats something and then. And then I, I watch it to get other people's idea. You know, you need a large data set to, to know if a place is good enough to visit. So that's why I like it. Um, but also, I'm not saying that bookbunk people are lazy because it's not just that you have to choose the food. You have to uh, know how to present yourself well. You have to know how to speak well. You, know, you need to edit your videos. You need to upload consistently. These are all, you know, discipline and it's work. But also... You have to eat in a way that's not gross. Because <laughs> there's this guy I watch way in the early days of YouTube. The way the guy eats is not even gross in a morbidly fascinating way. The guy eats in a boring yet very slightly gross way. He closes his mouth too much on the food. Like, you know? Like, you can halfway put the food into your mouth and then close it and then chew. This guy needs his lips to move. You know how Toby Maguire talks? Like, when he talks, he moves his upper lip in a way that it is not necessary to form the words. And you're like, wow, this guy's magnetic. No, he's moving parts of his face muscles that are not necessary. And you and you were looking at it more because it's interesting. But it's actually a weird way to talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna move my upper lip now in video form. So watch this on Patreon. Um, but yeah, I'm moving my lip upper lip now to talk, and and you see that it is a little like weird. It's not off putting, but it is peculiar, and you might try to justify yourself that oh he's talking in an interesting and cool way. But no, I'm just moving more muscles than is necessary. Anyway. That's how Toby Maguire talks. That's how this guy eats a thing. And it's not gross. It's not disgusting enough to be gross. Because gross things have a... Fasc- there's a fascination to it. You know, Dr. Dr. Pimple Popper. You can watch gross things and like be entertained by it. But it's just so boring. I watched this guy eat. It's just, it's just so boring. Uh, but that's what he likes to do. And there are people who like that. But to me, it's like, why are you eating like this? Why are you enveloping the entire thing... With your lips and then pursing them so much. Anyway, what? Yeah, so I think that's the, that layer of intimacy that you get from watching mukbangs, which is, I think, I would try not to do it. In the same way that watching too much porn desensitizes you with the value of being intimate with your actual romantic partner, um, I do not want to watch mukbangs. I've never watched a mukbang from start to finish because I worry about spending too much of that currency of intimacy to a stranger you get what I mean like in the same way that watching too much porn will make sex with your partner more difficult because you are comparing it to experiences that you that, that you don't have but your brain can, can convince you that it's real or very close to real and you like trying to get there trying to trying to this fireworks uh, apologize for that Ap- apologize Apologize for that. There's fireworks. No, my apologies. There's, there's fireworks. Um, 
Yeah, so you 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 would think that oh, this thing that I watch is a lot of, is 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 hitting all my buttons, but I can't do that with my romantic partner. I, but I don't know how to express it properly. Blah 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 blah. You feel dissatisfied. In a similar way that watching too much porn is bad, is the same way that I think watching somebody eat in that mukbang thing way is bad because I will then value the intimacy of having dinner with friends and loved ones uh, in a wrong way, like. I would start looking too hard at how they eat, possibly, and then like making judgment on on what they choose to eat or whatever. I don't know. I just know that intimacy is valuable. Like you need to share it with the people that you know that help you and are in your community and that you genuinely care about and who care about you. So it is not wrong. Again, it is not. I mean, it is just me. It's not wrong for you to like, have a favorite mukbanger, but like. So like the the analogy to the porn thing, right? If you do overindulge in porn and you're not concerned about it affecting your sex life, that is because what you need to do in real life now has to be even crazier than porn. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to like get way freakier than the porn you're watching in order to have to have to for that intimate the intimacy value to to be higher than you watching something uh for free online. The mobile thing is maybe the same. I may go to a place. Oh, this might already be happening, huh? With people like <laughs> we get bored so much of eating. Oh man, I've eaten that already. I've already eaten that with you there. Therefore, bad. Let's go somewhere else. Oh, and no, it's not even. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere crazier. Let's go to a place where they holographically project a little tiny chef onto a plate. I'm getting that ad. Do you get? Did you guys get that ad? Le Petit Chef, where it is a dining experience where they project a little like video onto your table and there'll be a small Le Petit Chef assembling your dish together. Every time I see that, I oscillate between two extremes. The feeling of, wow, that is such a cool way to entertain people. Uh, and also this food, amazing. I want it immediately. Um, and then the other extreme is, wow. How much shitty cooking are they hiding from from this from by using this technology? <laughs> you know, like the old joke of if you're doing two things poorly, just combine them. Like a, a comedian who's also a magician is very bad at comedy and magic because they can't do either of those by them, by themselves. If you're a kind of a shitty comedian and a kind of a shitty magician, just be a comedy magician. If the magic trick doesn't work, it's a joke. If the comedy doesn't work. Hey, I pulled a pigeon out of my dick hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah. So if if I'm if I'm too much of watching, if I'm too much of watching, if I watch too much mukbang and like too much food content, I might I might think the meals I have are too boring, and I might I might have to escalate. I might have to wear a ball gag and leather straps, go to a dungeon, and to to eat food to have lunch. Can you imagine? Like in the middle of your work day. I gotta go have lunch, guys. Alright. You gotta you gotta get into your gimp costume. You know, strap yourself into a cage. <laughs> uh, okay. Alright. So that's mukbangs. I don't know if that's helpful or that's valuable, but intimate parasocial relationships. Uh just be aware of that, you know? Just be aware that that's the thing. So if you think that your uh, meals are boring, 
try to not consume media about it for a bit and then you'll enjoy it more if you think uh, your workouts are boring try to consume media about workouts less and then you'll enjoy it more that's the thing absence uh, makes the heart grow fonder is a pithy conventional wisdom ish saying um, but I think what it means is you value something more the rarer it is so make things rare this is why like fasting is cool and why you know not spending money is way better than spending money because if you don't spend money then even if you have it then when you do spend it's more exciting if you have money and you immediately spend it a lot for f- fun things eventually you won't have as much fun uh yeah okay that's so that's on mukbangs yeah that's there's some helpful things there right yeah Okay. This next thing I want to talk about is uh, about the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. <sighs> okay. This is like how oh, eh? Um, I was thinking about it a lot, a lot because it is a move that is quite odd for Nintendo. Not odd. It is. A move I did not expect from Nintendo. And I'll tell you uh, why it is. Nintendo has always been about uh, playing. Of course, that's not true. Back in the 1800s, that's how old the company is. Uh, back in the 1800s, they started by selling like playing cards. Yeah, that's playing. But then they also sold taxis and love hotels. So I guess that's still playing. But their taxi is not playing. I don't know what that is about. Maybe it's a fake taxi thing. I don't know. But ever since they started with the video game thing, they 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 made toys. They made things that are play adjacent. And every choice they made is towards uh, being playful. It is not new to you, perhaps, listener. But I value play a lot. I think uh, we as people need to value play a lot. Play is a is a is a thing where you can. Play is this like if we take the, the the description of the word game right, um to mean oh wait sorry, the game thing is a uh, uh, content that is on Patreon. Go to Patreon to know what I mean when I say a game. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna reiterate it. The game the game. If we take game to mean an activity you do or you have to make choices and there are stakes involved, um. Play means to have, as in as in the game of having a job or the game of uh, taking care of a child. You know, there are goals, you need to meet them and you need to make decisions and you need to optimize your decision making, right? Uh, so a play is when you can play, when you can do, when you can, when you can participate in a game with, the, with no consequences. And when you, when there's room for you to be wrong, play is very important. Uh, even as you go into adult, because that's how we explore new ideas. That's how uh, we express ourselves. That's how we can um, uh, be loose, creative. That's also a way we build rapport with each other, create a safety space with each other. And that's how valuable play is. That's why I like that Nintendo is always focused on play. Notice that all the other games are not necessarily focused on play. Like uh, Sony and uh, Microsoft are the two bigger dudes and they are focusing on a lot quite different things. They want immersive storytelling experiences. They want to build an IP that they can monetize off of. Sony specific, uh, especially. They want, you know, more Spider-Man. Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man video game, uh, Spider-Man merch. 
uh, more Uncharted, make Uncharted the video game into a movie, and then sell the IP, and then you know make toys or whatever. Uh, Microsoft, I don't know what Microsoft is doing, honestly. Microsoft is actually doing some really cool things and very pioneering stuff when it comes to accessibility. Um, like they make controllers specifically for disabled people, um, and it's really cool. Um, and also they have that service Microsoft Store or something where it's a Netflix type thing for for games. You can subscribe to it, and then you just just play the games, play whatever games you like that you don't have to buy them. Um, but I don't know what that means. But I don't know what they're doing. What the compass is, I'm not sure. But Nintendo has always been about play. Um, when when the PS3 was saying that, or Sony was saying the PS3 can can do, I don't know what what is it like twelve teraflops? It was just a gigantic number of calculations. The PS3 was so powerful they used it to like fold proteins to 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 research cancer. That's a real thing. Um, when PS3 was doing that, Nintendo was like, let's make our console the weakest. It is 19 times around there weaker than the PS3. And then they made the controller a remote controller so that more people can play. They're like, they, they looked at the, their, their, their GameCube and the, the previous generation console and they were like, we need more people to play our games because not enough people are playing and we don't want to solve that problem with marketing. We want to make things more accessible. They thought about that. They thought about making the controller simpler, add motion, uh, make games, make make the console menu look like a TV channel selector thing, make it accessible for kids and, and, and make it, you know, good for the grandma. They made a balance board. What is it? Like a weighing thing. And then people started doing fitness games on there. Lovely. Uh, more recently, Nintendo did uh, Nintendo Labo. Which is not a, no other game company would do this. Nintendo Labo, where they sold gigantic pieces of cardboard. You cut them up, put them together, and then you can create these little toys, little pianos, and like little fishing accessories and stuff. And it's purely just for kids to learn. And they all they made like Game Builder Garage, which is, which is a game where you learn how to make games. So Nintendo is very very uh, play forward. They care that people are playing, and they want to keep the spirit of like uh, fun and exploratory modes of creative expression. That is their like compass. So much so that they don't make games that are that are like like triple A games. Fortnite, no Fortnite, uh, I guess Fortnite, Overwatch, uh, Call of Duty, the big big sellers. They're all shooty shooty games. Nintendo is like we don't we don't make those we don't need to because we have Mario and Zelda and Donkey Kong and, and the gigantic monster that is Pocket 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 Monsters Pokemon. We don't need to money wise, but what they did was they made a shooter and it's paintball <laughs> because it's it's how they see it because they're like kids are gonna play this don't tell kids that you know doing a headshot is fun and entertaining you kill the person. Play paintball. So anyway, but but this is all play. So when they do theme parks, I also get it. There's like gamification in the theme parks. You get to wear a wristband, and then you play games, collect coins or whatever. I get that theme park thing, but the movie thing is very odd to me because you don't. There's no active play in the movie, and arguably, a movie is a medium that is less able to instruct and inform than a game is. Like. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm going into so many tangents, but I'll I'll square all of them off. Don't worry. I'll I'll try to anyway. So, <laughs> so a video game is a harder medium than 
movies. Meaning hot as in it is more actively asking from the from the consumer than others. Like a book doesn't really do that. It's very passive. You flip it and then you read it. You stop when you stop. But a game will not let you progress unless you have achieved certain things. And other forms of media, I feel, are way weaker. Like I feel gaming, video games are really like the peak uh, form of medium to communicate ideas. Really, genuinely, I do think that. Because think of all the stuff that we do every day. Like if you're a knowledge worker, very likely you work in front of a computer. You click things, and then things happen, and then and then somebody somewhere records what you do, and then according to whether or not they feel a certain number, you get rewarded or punished with money or whatever with a disciplinary action. That's a game, and uh, so yeah, so video games can you know give you rewards in a lot of different ways. And it, video games is the only form of medium that has this thing called a learning curve. All video games ha- require this. Require to, it needs to teach the player how to play. And no other medium is that. You know, you don't have to learn how to listen to a song. So because of that, it requires a lot. It engages the, the, the consumer. And it is very uh, rewarding because of that. And so when you make a movie from a video game, it's always going to be kind of whatever. Like not as good because you don't get to be the hero. But also, it is doing something else. It is doing something that is not really play. You get what I mean? It is you are now whenever you do whenever you make a movie from an IP you are now doing something else to the culture you are no longer communicating to gamers necessarily you are entering the canon of a whole different um, a whole different sort of universe meaning Nintendo is already at the peak of respectability as far as video games are concerned um, but when you enter uh, movies you are, you are opening a whole door to a whole different pantheon of cultural. Uh, import because movies have been around way longer and uh, the cultural phenomenon of a film and how it embeds itself into the culture is very different Um, it it becomes a thing you uh, it becomes what it becomes something you you think of next to uh, watching uh, uh, Kung Fu Panda next to The Notebook next to everything everywhere all at once next to uh, a goofy movie, next to The Hangover, next to uh, Scenario Leggy. And it is now part of a different form of entertainment where a bunch of people can just enjoy it in the background and point at it and say, hey, that is a part of, that is a part of life that I relate to. Meaning, a movie is more of a of a thing that exists in the background culturally. It is a much larger canvas to exist on if you are Nintendo. And I didn't understand why they needed to do this because they already have a gigantic dedicated fan base in video games. And video games have, are becoming mainstream. People are playing it. I am expressing this idea very long, a long way around, but I, I swear I have a point. Okay. So, <laughs> so because of this, right? I don't quite understand why. It doesn't have anything to do with play until I realized that, wait, wait a minute. The reason you make something a movie is to do this, is to make a stamp and go, dude, boom, I'm making uh, 100 million, they're, they're almost a billion now, ticket sales. Uh, they have been released in Japan yet as time of, of me recording this. Wow. So, um, they are, they're killing it and once you do that, you enter the, the, the pantheon of other, these other gigantic uh, uh, cultural moments. 
because in a movie you know there's merchandise there's like there's spin-off shows or whatever it's such, such a big deal to be a movie that Nintendo does not need to do except now they may have to I think or rather they're making the choice to do this because they, they are seeing that video games have a limitation and the limitation is exactly uh, what their um, ex- their limitations are exactly what makes them good in the first place which is it requires a lot of uh, bandwidth to play it and so you, you attract a group of people who do that who like that and then you are also limited by what you can communicate via video games video games, video games have a limit and the limit is this uh, you can only enjoy a video game at maximum like I don't know what 12 at a time you get what I mean like one person playing or like 12 people playing one game maybe an MMO can be like thousands of millions of whatever but you're not playing it in real time you know, you're not going, hey, let's play. Hey, everybody in this MMO, let's do this one thing together. There's raids and stuff, but uh, no, that doesn't really happen. I don't know. I don't know enough about MMO. What I mean to say is, to enjoy a video game, you play it by yourself and then you talk about it later. Four people play it in a room and then you talk about that later. But in a, a movie can be enjoyed by a bunch of people, hundreds of thousands of people in a weekend. And then, and with less uh, uh, headspace, and then you don't have a, there's no skill uh, floor you have to you, there's no you know if you have you don't if you don't have hands you can enjoy you know what I mean there's not a lot less barrier of entry to a movie and now this is a lot much larger in the public consciousness and this is something that Nintendo is ready to do because the the limitation of that right where 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 you can't really enjoy it that much you can't reach the masses that much that's okay for Nintendo to do before because that is the core thing that they were trying to do but now they want to ex- expand into like other forms of media because they have successfully done this with Pokemon right Pokemon was such a gigantic hit they had to spin off into its own company Game Freak and the Pokemon company are its own thing and it's a gigantic media media leviathan and I guess um, and that that started in the 90s uh, still going strong today and Nintendo is realizing that the people who grew up with Mario and Zelda and all these other properties, they don't have as much attachment to. Uh, uh, they they they're not they're not a lot of these people because of the skill skill floor. There's no skill floor for you to enjoy Pokemon. The Pokemon games are gig- really easy. If you you can press one button at a time and be the best Pokemon player in the world, but with Mario you need to have dexterity, right? Okay, just sidebar to the sidebar of the sidebar. Are you bored yet? I mean, because <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the the boredom check-in happens with me when I do these episodes. Because I don't know if you're interested. Anyway, uh, but I have to finish the thought. So now I know that this this is a commodification of culture. Once they are this gigantic, they want to make Mario uh, be known more as an identity, more as a thing where... Everybody knows who that guy is. They point to his face, say, hey, that's that video game guy. But they don't know enough about his lore to buy into the to buy into the the, the world of, of loving Mario. And so they do this. And I think it's a, a cool move. Um, and I know that what that means is Nintendo is probably gonna not make their games as 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 the their their still their games are still really great and amazing. 
the next Zelda is gonna blow everybody's dick hole open. Um, but yeah, they they are, but they're also doing this other thing, which is I'm glad for because you know uh, I'm glad that more people can be Nintendo heads because it used to be such a niche thing to be a Nintendo fan. I'm so glad everybody knows about Animal Crossing now, dude. Back in 2010, I was the only dude with my DS out playing Animal Crossing every day. And people are like, "What the hell are you doing? I'm chopping wood." And they're like, "What? Huh? Never mind." <laughs> so. But now it's like, yo, everybody's Animal Crossing. Okay, great, perfect. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, they they're they're co- trying to make not trying to companies that make games and toys, which is a, a different product. They want to make a movie that so people know about the product more. I think movies are gonna become more and more, more and more obviously an advertising vehicle for the products they sell, because I could have just started there, I guess. Because, because there's the Barbie movie coming out. We, there has already been a Battleship movie, movie about Tetris. Because uh, movies are so expensive to make, right? You know this because so many, so few of it are original things, original uh, ideas now. It's an adaptation of a character, of a, myth, of a comic book, of a series, of a based on a novel, or based on a blah, 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 blah. Because it's so expensive to make. And now they're just like, just make this advertising a whole movie. Like, the Barbie movie is a whole advertisement for Barbie. Similarly, this one is a whole, a whole advertisement for Nintendo properties. And that's fine. And that's that's whatever. But the weird thing about this now is that the movie is now directly or more blatantly about consumption. Straight up. Films used to, like, or rather the, 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 the platonic ideal or creative poetic ideal of a movie is that it shows us who we are and it makes us learn about ourselves. Remember the last movie that made you cry because it told you something about yourself you didn't know? You know? Or, or how everything everywhere all at once teaches you about the relationships between, you know, a mother and a daughter, a husband and a, and a wife. And it's uh, a person and themselves. It's very moving and, and it teaches you about life. That movie, those kind of movies are getting more and more expensive to make now. And what you're going to get in the future is just going to be a 90-minute movie about Super Ring or like Matt Cool. And that's <laughs> that's what we're going to get in the future. And it really depends on how how much you buy into the, pro- the product. Many of you who got bored from the Nintendo, from me talking so much about Nintendo, are because you don't care about Nintendo. And that's fine. And that's okay. I have a sentimental value and not just nostalgia attached to it. And that's why I like that they made the movie. I've never seen them. I haven't seen the movie yet. And that's why they made the movie. And that's why I'm excited to talk about it. But like, what? What, what does that matter? Watching the Mario movie is not going to make me learn anything. And I know this because I read all of the reviews. And none of them say the movie is good or telling a compelling story. It's just showing you cool scenes. And I and I know what that means. That means they are showing you different facets of the Mario universe. Um, they're now in a Mario Kart thing because they need to, not because there's a compelling story reason. And that's fine because they are marketing. Because the movie is marketing. The movie is a whole advertisement for Mario. Just like Transformers is trying to sell you Chevrolets. And that's exactly how like James Bond is trying to sell you a suit and Omega watches. And it is now becoming more blatant and more, I guess, uh, less ideologically nutritious for you to go and watch a movie now. Yeah, there. That's the point I was trying to make. 
movies now are so expensive to make that you can, they can only make ads. And when you go see this ad, when you go to see this Barbie ad, bar, Barbie advertisement or this um, <laughs> Mario advertisement, this ninety-minute uh, commercial, uh, you can get good things from it. You can have a good time, but just remember that uh, they're asking you to consume, and so if you want to experience something not that you got to really work harder now. Um, there's this other thing about movie. That, that's all I have. That's all my thoughts on there. Yeah, that's that's, that's that. This other thought about uh, movies that I have recently is, is what is it with stories that center the villain a lot? We are proud to interrupt this rambling nonsense to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Hello, dear listener. Do you know about patreon.com slash monkeys? I mean, you know about it. I'll talk about it every episode. But did you know that that's one of the only ways to support this podcast? This podcast costs uh, resources, time and money. And also, um, it costs a lot of energy. And as low as five ringgit a month, you can go over at Patreon and support this podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash monkeys and do the little details over there. And as low as five ringgit a month, you get to enjoy video versions of this podcast, including extra content. You get to find out where Anwar has been hanging out, <laughs> what he's been doing. Uh, you get to uh, listen to cool audio sketches and behind the scenes content. And you can participate in a direct conversation about the future of uh, Pinball Monkeys and the other projects that are related to Mental Pacha. So I think that's cool. You know, also you get to support art directly. Usually, you know, you give gigantic corporations this money, but why not support stuff directly? Support your local thing. Be part of the community. Thank you so much for the people who have already participated and pledged their hard-earned cash to this enterprise. These people are, of course, Aisha, Sarah Roger, Faza Fauzi, Arina, Amanda, Anwa, Dikhanis, Daniel Imran, Alia, Sabrina, Mayamin, Safri, Zan Belik, Nick Dorville, Farid Zahi, Ilisar, Fairuz, Siti Fatima, and Lukman Alias. If you want me to shout out your name in this ad break read thing, go over on Patreon and uh, give us a little pledgy pledge. You can cancel any time as well. I know times are tough, uh, but that's why I'm doing this because I, <laughs> I need uh, legal fees. Thank you for your support. Um, yeah, uh, that's all. <laughs> Thank you for your kind attention. Now, despite popular demand, we return to the podcast. Like what? I mean, we ha- we have had this in in our history, of course, like Silence of the Lambs, uh, American Psycho, sure. But those are often they're not for kids, meaning they're for adults, you know, who can who can stomach gray morality and we like, you know, uh, looking at the world as it is and really exploring the hard questions to ask. Blah blah blah. But what is the like Maleficent or the story where she's the hero? And Cruella, the origins of this lady who wants to do, to do bad things to puppies. And was there another one? Yeah, Joker. Um, uh, succession over a, 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 a rich ass family fucks up. It's it is recent ish where like yeah, the anti hero thing is cool. You know, anti heroes are cool. Um, as in the protagonist who's a bad guy who does questionable things, but you root for them because you follow their story, so you can just you can you can understand the justification. But 
if these stories don't don't sort of um, if this is one if these stories are like marketed to kids, Cruella and Maleficent, and you know the the kid adjacent the people who never grew up from being a child. I'm talking about people who watch the Joker and think Joker movie and think oh Joker is cool. Please, he's a he's a, literally a mental case. It should be a cautionary. Um, anyway, um, so people who watch the, the, these stories and, and when it's marketed to kids, it's not great. I don't like that that has happened because it is a convergence of a few different things. One, the movies are getting expensive, right? So everything has to be based on adaptations, reboots, and remakes. And so what happened? What has happened is that um, uh, they have to really find a new, fresh take on this. And they're like, "What is the thing that nobody's done before?" Because we've done stories about the 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 kids of the main characters that's done to death. Um, what happens after Happily Ever After? Is there, there other things, dude? Happily Ever After. Um, uh, do 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 fairy tale characters uh uh remain happy after the ending of their original stories? There's a whole entire series about that. Fables, Enchanted, whatever. So there's whole genres of that already, right? So how do we explore these classics while still exploiting nostalgia but doing a fresh take? I know. Do it from the villain's point of view, Cobra Kai. And and it's it's uh creatively interesting, sure, but also creatively lazy. Okay, alright. Okay, don't come for me. It is here's what I mean by lazy. When you have a protagonist who is also a bad person, you don't have to do the hard work of, of making them wrestle with moral questions and then overcoming it, which is what we need in our every uh, in our day to day. What we've done when we when we follow the story where the villain is the hero, we, where the villain is the protagonist, um, creatively, it is it is like okay, we know where they're gonna end up. Or like we know this 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 person is bad, let's just let's just give them reason to be bad, and then that's it. There's no growth or change necessarily, and if there are, the growth or change is a negative, and you walk out from a movie with what? If you're a child, you walk out out of a movie going, yeah, I guess when bad things happen to you, you're allowed to be the bad guy. That's not a good lesson. I understand that, perhaps, these movies don't you know don't communicate that necessarily, but centering the villain. Is to me super sus. Like you gotta re- be, you gotta really make sure you're talking thing this to adults, or you know, consider that village. Some villains really should not be. You shouldn't really like empathize with. Them. <laughs> this is very weird to say. You shouldn't empathize with the bad guy. Bad guys are bad for a reason. Like the re- we tell stories to ourselves and to each other in order for for us to learn from each other. Like, oh eh. The moral value of a story is very important to our to the human race's development, like morally. This is why we have fairy tales and old wives' tales, because you don't have time to like to to let a person a youthful person with no experience to let them, you know, see for themselves how bad things can be. Just tell them the story of what happens when you make bad decisions and they go, oh yeah, that's bad. All right, I'll avoid it. Because we we all can't learn from experience. We'll all die before we learn anything. So that's why we invent stories. Stories are so important. And the stories we tell ourselves are so important. And so when the, when the convergence of laziness, which is, 
you know, a story, a fresh story, but still nostalgia. And then I want to write it easily so I don't have to I have to overcome any moral hazards. That's just invent justifications for bad behavior. These two like laziness converge, and then you get you know let's tell the story of how bad guys become bad and then in the process empathize with them and then go oh wait what so all bad guys are good and good guys are bad what happens there is value in in the comic book you know black and white children's quote unquote children's morality because it is simple and clean and it is a starting point for for uh people who are you know still morally discovering themselves to know what is good and what is bad and if you just do this kind of storytelling without proper consideration for what it means for Cruella to have a movie, but Pongo doesn't have a movie. Like, the, the dogs don't have their own movie. What's going on? Maleficent has her own movie, but Sleeping Beauty, like, the beauty, like, the character herself, she doesn't have a solo series on Disney+. Plus. So, what? what what's going on? What's, what? What? Yeah, I don't think uh, this this particular creative trend, I don't think we have to worry about that necessarily. It's just, you know, uh, we should give children more credit. Of course, they'll know a, a bad guy is bad. And uh, I, I'm just saying that this, I'm, I'm more annoyed at the, at the laziness <laughs> of, of these narratives um, and less about the, about less, I'm, I'm being less, I'm not really being a moral, moral puritan here. I don't really care uh, about that part. I care enough. I care enough. You know, to talk about it intensely, but I'm not saying that they should stop. There is not a, a trend we should worry about because, eh, the the story where the good guys win are way like there's way more of that, so we don't have to worry. However, however, the trend that we do need to worry about is the other one, which is um, the thing what the yeah where all movies are ads. That's definitely already happening. That's going to happen. That's going to keep happening. So, uh, good luck uh, with trying to consume things that do not try to try to teach you that consumption is is uh, <laughs> is is always good and always healthy. Uh, this is harder, I guess, to like you know find and consume media that help, that is morally nutritious or at least doesn't try to try to sell you something or try to try to lazily communicate something to you that is actually not helpful for you to carry with your brain in the long run anyway yeah that's all the thoughts i have uh thank you for listening if you head over to patreon you will get to see an extra little bit of this recording uh where i talk about uh infinity games <laughs> Uh, you'll know what that means if you click through <laughs> every uh, episode of this podcast uh, there's a video version of it every recent episode anyway so the week that, that, that this episode goes out on Spotify there will be a video version on Patreon for free but if you want the legacy versions of the video you gotta pay 5 ringgit a month at the least to enjoy them and yeah Five ringgit a month, right, is one ringgit per podcast episode. Like, this podcast that you're listening to is not free. It's it's one thirty cent. One ringgit thirty cent. <laughs> yeah. That other people are paying on your behalf, by the way, if you're not a Patreon supporter. So, yeah, fun fact for you, listener. Anyway, 
Okay, all right. Head over to Patreon for extra content. And um, I'm still working on the comedy album. It is still in the pipeline. Um, is that new information for you? Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on the comedy album. It's it's coming out. It's coming out, but uh, there's still stuff about it that I'm not quite quite there yet with still working on. But it'll be out this year, man. It better be out this year now that I've said this. Ugh. Thank you for listening. I love you. I love you. Be kind to each other. And that's all. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Be kind. I love you. I love you. Bye.